Hello, friends in English 327, and welcome to week 10. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far and enjoying this beautiful weather. Um, it's only going to get better. Um, this week, we're going to be reading and writing some poems based on mythology, specifically Greco-Roman mythology. And I'm going to read for you now poem assignment number 10, the myth poem. For over two centuries, the classical myths have been a source of fascination and inspiration for poets of the Western world. From Shakespeare to Billy Collins, poets of every era have adopted classical mythology, rewriting the archetypal stories and characters within their own historical, cultural, and autobiographical contexts. But what exactly is it about the myths that so compels them? For this week, you will explore the enduring subject matter of mythology by writing a poem based on a classical, that is, Greco-Roman, myth. As with the persona poem, you may choose to write your myth poem in the voice of a particular character, or you may decide to rewrite the myth by placing it in a contemporary context. However you approach the myth, remember that your job as a poet is to make it new according to Ezra Pound. Keep in mind that you are dealing with familiar subject matter, in most cases, so avoid falling into the trap of simply retelling rather than reimagining the myth. If you need to brush up on your Greek and Roman mythology, I recommend Edith Hamilton's Mythology, Timeless Tales of Gods and Heroes. And there are also hundreds of websites devoted to mythology, uh, one good reference guide is the Encyclopedia Mythica, which is online. Um, so there you have it. That's the poem assignment number 10, the myth poem. Um, as I was thinking about my own myth poems, um, I realized that I don't actually have any in my uh, second collection, um, Requiem. And then I realized, no, I have them all in my first collection. Uh, the Spite House. Um, and as a matter of fact, I have a whole series of poems based on uh, female characters from mythology. So, for example, I have uh, Eurydice, Psyche, Persephone, Medusa, Clytemnestra, and Antigone. And I thought I'd actually read for you the Antigone poem, um, which happens to be a Sestina. Um, which is a poetic form that uses um, six-line stanzas um, with end words that repeat in different positions in each stanza. Um, so you'll hear throughout the poem, and you'll see it. I'll give you a, a copy of PDF uh, because it's not online. Um, you'll see how the words at the end of each line repeat in subsequent stanzas in different positions. And there's a particular pattern um, at work here. Um, so this poem is based on Antigone. And if you don't know the story of Antigone, Antigone was the daughter of Oedipus and the niece of Creon, who is the brother of Oedipus and the ruler of Thebes. And um, Creon's sons, were uh, fighting for control of the kingdom, killed, killed one another fighting for control of the kingdom. And Creon declared um, 
one of them would uh, to punish to punish them one of them would be um would remain unburied which uh would have been considered in ancient times would have been considered um th the worst possible thing that, that could happen to you after death um remaining unburied and and being um eaten by your corpse being eaten by vultures um so that was the punishment for one of the brothers and uh, Creon ordered that anyone who tried to bury the body um, would be sentenced to death. And Antigone defied her uncle Creon's orders by attempting to bury her brother. And um, she, was, uh, she was caught, and in one version, um, she's buried alive with the, the brother, the dead brother. And in another version, she's hanged. So, um, not a happy story. Anyway, this poem references Antigone. It's about Antigone. It weaves together the, the myth of Antigone with um, a, like an actual narrative. Um, and Jory Graham is a poet that's also um, the subject of this poem. Jory Graham is a famous uh, poet. Um, that's all you need to know. Famous contemporary poet. She's she's won the Pulitzer Prize. She's uh, taught at Harvard for years and years, and um, she's kind of a goddess in the in the contemporary poetry world. So um, the poem it's got a long title. It's called "On Running into Jory Graham in a Bathroom Stall at the Armin Hammer Museum in Los Angeles," or the poem I always wanted to write about Antigone. Maybe it was the hair, or the way she looked up at me as if from a tomb, startled for a split second, before a smile spread like a crescent moon across the gorgeous vacuum of her face. She looked almost pleased to see me there, frozen in my spot, unable to move, like some stone god struck dumb and gawking. Before she cocked her head as if to say, Close the fucking door. So I did. I guess right then I was Antigone, buried by my own shame, head in my hands in the stall next door. Should I have buried my pride and apologized? Seconds later, I heard her emerge from her tomb to wash her hands of me. But I lacked the will of Creon. I couldn't say who I was in this story. Outside at the reading, a spotlight moon lit her auburn hair. I watched the flyaways dance, Medusa-like, her stony gaze boring into me. Here I go again, mixing myth. Reader, please, bear with me. The thing is, I always believed Antigone did it not to please her brother, the gods, or even herself. It was Creon she wanted to bury. When she crept out that night, beyond the castle walls, inside the ring of stones they laid around her brother, she felt more alive than ever. The tomb was the bed and the living flesh she left sleeping. Wrecked under a gibbous moon, 
Haman would wake to find her missing. If he asked her, what would she say? Tell your king to go fuck himself when he wasn't listening. Which is not to say she wanted to die, but that she wanted vengeance. Later he would beg, please, father, for the sake of the kingdom. But it would be too late. The Theban moon was already waning. By dawn they would find her hanged, her rage unburied, even in death, an open challenge to her uncle. The world was a tomb in Antigone's eyes. Neither love nor mercy could save her. Stone blind, like her father, Antigone died wedded to spite, while Haman got stoned on his grief. So the question remains, who was Jory in all this? I could say she was the voice of the chorus, her perfect indifference, the silence of the tomb, once the last breath has been taken. Each raspy poem a paean to the gods to please their jealous natures. But who was I to remake her? All meaning lies buried in wonder. After the reading, I watched her walk out to her ride, the L.A. moon throwing shadows behind her. I heard her say to her companion, Jesus, that moon will kill me tonight. And so it did, dear Antigone. Like light from a dead stone, poetry reveals our passions. In this underworld, every line will bury its author. I went home that night, wondering what I should have said when I walked in on her pissing. Part of me still thinks it pleased her, that moment between us when nothing was said, the bathroom a tomb of failure. Now when I read her, I think her poems are trying to say, through the background noise of the chorus, Forget trying to please them, the gods. Irreverence is your only prayer in the tomb. So there you go, a Sestina. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, yeah, a Sestina. Um, a Sestina based on myth. Based on myth and weaving together a contemporary narrative with an ancient one. Um, so, you know, obviously you have lots of options here. Um, lots of options for subject matter, lots of options for the way you'd like to approach it. Um, and I don't know, maybe you need to do a little research ahead of time. That's always a good thing. Um, brush up on your, on your Greek and Roman mythology. Um, and um, as always, you've got uh, contemporary examples on Blackboard to read and respond to. Uh, the first one is Circe's Power by Louise Glick. Um, Louise Glick, of course, we've read before with the persona poem, Witchgrass. I find the tone very similar, um, really kind of just a powerful, defiant tone. Um, I love Circe's Power. Louise Glick is a contemporary poet who writes uh, pro 
prodigiously, prolifically, um, and beautifully about mythology, um, Greco-Roman mythology. So she's great. Um, Cocktails with Orpheus. Orpheus is a character who comes up a lot for Terence Hayes. Terence Hayes has a lot of Orpheus in contemporary situations, like in uh, bars, for example. Um, and then Ivan Bolin, this is a modern reimagining of the Demeter Persephone story, mother-daughter story. Um, it's a really beautiful poem as well. So some contemporary examples and um, the uh, example I gave you of my own work. Um, you can find a lot more online. You can search for myth poems, uh, both, I think, both at poets.org and poetryfoundation.org. Um, so you can always read some others on your own and um, enjoy, as always, have fun. Um, I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.